Glory! Hallelujah! 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 We are at night seven. Night seven. We've been pushing through. We've been pushing through. And I was with the Lord this morning throughout the day. And I know that as we push through, we may feel weak. But his word says, my power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness. So let's continue to boast, boast in our weakness, knowing that our God is powerful when we are weak. We are in night seven, completion. And Colossians says, for in him, the whole fullness of deity, the Godhead continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of divine nature. So let's give a shout to the Lord. Let's praise his name for making us complete, for giving us the completion, the power, the deity in him, Father. We thank you right now, Lord God, for giving us completion, Father, for making us complete in you, Father for dwelling in us, Lord God. We honor you, Father. We thank you right now for giving us this day, Father, for breathing life into us, Father. We honor you, Father. You brought us this far, Father, and we thank you, Father, for your will and your grace and your mercy, Father, your power over us, Father. We submit our will to you, Father. We thank you, Father. We honor you, Father. We thank you again for our shepherd, Father. We lift him up, Father. We cover him, Father. He spoke to children today, Father. And we pray right now, Father, that your Holy Spirit, Father, has manifested in those children and that it grew deep in their hearts, Father. We honor you, Father. We thank you for our beloved teacher right now, Father. Cover her and Protect her right now in the name of Jesus, Father. We thank you for the endurance that you've given us, Father. We honor you, Father. And we know, Father, that in your power, Father, we are made strong, Father, through the weakness, Father. We honor you and we praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hallelujah, Father. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, and we say amen. 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 Y'all may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Man. Glory to God. How everybody doing? Everybody doing okay? All right. All right. <laughs> amen. Good to see you. Wow. Say, uh, so we're in day seven here. Oh, man, I, th I think I made some people mad last night. Talking about their Christmas tree. <laughs> well, I won't finish. <laughs> How many people... Don't come for they don't come for their tradition. Oh my goodness. 
Man. <laughs> well, well, somebody got to come for it. Let me show y'all something here in the Word tonight. So we are, as I said, at day seven of Hanukkah. Hanukkah means dedication. Doesn't mean anything else. There's no other substitute for the word dedication. That's what it is. To be dedicated. How many of y'all are dedicated? Rededicated. I'm rededicating my life so I can serve y'all better. You're dedicated to something. You know. <clears throat> this battle that we are in what 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 is funny is that the battle that we're in for some reason we don't see it not really not fully because i don't think that we know who we're really fighting for Sometimes I think we get mixed up with fighting each other, and we should never be fighting each other, especially about the doctrine that we believe. We should never be. I should read the word, you should read the word, and we should see the same thing. If it tells me that I am to forgive, then I should see it and say, hey, I forgive you. Is that real hard? Is that real hard to do? <laughs> yeah, you're right. So if it tells me that <laughs> whoa, that I'm to love you as I love myself, then I should do that, shouldn't I? Do we really understand what he's saying? You love yourself. Let's see here. How many of you do what you want to do? How many of you get mad when somebody asks you to do something? Come on, children. I ain't even gonna look at y'all because I know y'all don't tell him lie now. Your parents ask you to do something. Come on. You get some kind of feeling sometimes. Not all the time. Sometimes, don't you? You mean you, every time your parents say you do it, you'd be like, okay, for real? She said, even now. Mm. You love, you love you when you're upset. But it's the wrong type of love. It's the wrong type of love. That that type of love builds rebellion. Mm. How can we really love God, as the Bible says, who we have not seen? But the person sitting next to me or my neighbor, I don't. 
Say, you know, how, how you do this? You, you see them all the time. I mean, is that a real relationship? If a husband and wife is married and they don't love each other, is that a real relationship? I mean, they in it, but do they really love each other? So it, it could be the same way with God. We come, we enter in, but do we really love him? Hmm. So how do you know you know him? How do you know, how do y'all know Satan? How do you know that he's real? Jesus stood on the on the porch on the Solomon's colonnade and he was pleading with them from Genesis to Revelation that I am the light of the world. He was pleading with them. He told them, how long have I been with you? you? You asked me the same question. How you, why you don't see me? Hmm. Peter Thou lovest me? I mean, he's talking all the time to us. I want to really stick to, just for a moment, this idolatry. And we say we know God. How many say we know God? How do you know you know God? Does somebody walk up to you and say, Hey, how do you know God? Well, he's good. He's righteous. He's, yeah, we got that. But how do you know him? Personally. How, how, do, how would you answer? You said you're a believer. If you were pulled over by the cops, what would be the evidence that you will be a believer if he asked you that. What's your evidence that you're a believer? Hmm. I'm telling you. This is how people can have false worship in church. This is how people can have um, idols and call it gods. Isn't that right? How do you know God? He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. Right? He's all-knowing. He sees everything. He knows everything. He made us in his likeness. But those three components, we don't have. You made in his... You don't have those three components. You're not omniscient. You're not omnipotent. You're not. You're not every place at one time, are you? Okay. But we made in his image. But those three things were not made in his image for us. Isn't that right? Mm. Wow. If you don't know God, it would be so easy for you to have a form 
or even worship the Antichrist if you don't know God. You don't know the real. Okay. And this is what, so, so many people are doing that. This is why it's called Christmas. <laughs> don't know God. Because if we knew God, we would know how to worship him. We would know what he likes and what he don't like. Right? I said this is how the Antichrist comes in. The Antichrist works with inside. The world is already opposed. He works with inside of the body. Yeah? My goodness. Mm -mm -mm. Tradition. Did y'all hear that? I like that. Tradition kills the truth. It snuffs it out. I said this yesterday. We believe, and uh, people are going to watch, and they're going to, I just want them, my thing is, if you watch, watch the whole thing. So you can get the whole picture when I start talking about the Christmas tree. So you don't hear that I'm saying, we don't love Christ. Because that's what they hear. You don't love Christ. I never said that I love Christ. I want, him, I want to worship him every day. I want to worship him every day, not one day. I don't want to be good and kind to people one day. I want to be every day. I want to be loving every day. So should you. <laughs> so... They can't hear that when we start talking about Christmas. How many of y'all experience that when you start talking to people about Christmas? They didn't hear you that you love Christ, did they? they it's the same thing with Hanukkah. You, you, you do what? You acknowledge, you observe Hanukkah. You, you Jewish, we don't hear I keep hearing that. And I keep telling them, yes, I am. I'm going to show you in the word what a Jew is. He told us plainly. Paul said it's no longer about the ethnicity of who I am, of what you were born of. He said it was no, it's no longer that. He said now it's the circumcision of the heart, not the cutting of the foreskin. It's the circumcision of the heart. That is one whose heart is right with God. And he was telling the Pharisees in the sense, your heart is not right with God, even though you have the circumcision, the mark. But he's saying now grace is here. He's saying now Jesus has come. It's now by grace. It's no longer by the letter. The letter killeth, but the spirit bringeth life. Amen. Hello. So he's just he's trying to, you know, he's trying to let them know. So, yes, we are engrafted into a commonwealth. Amen. You're no longer outside. One without a covenant. You're no longer a Gentile. You've been engrafted in. It doesn't matter. White, black, purple. Don't matter. Plaid. It don't matter. God said, now I'm looking at the circumstances. I'm saying a true Jew, I love it, Father, is one whose heart is right with God. 
What a deal. What a deal. What a deal that we have right now. <sighs> we do things. We do things. Circumcision was initially for Mark that you were in covenant with God. So why do they circumcise all the children now that's born? Some, maybe a small percent, not, but most do. They're going to say hygiene. That's what they're going to say. That's what they tell you. That's what they tell you. It's just the things sometimes that we do, we should know why we do them. I told y'all when we were talking about the Christmas tree yesterday, and I told you about tradition and how tradition is designed to walk alongside of truth. This is how you got the Bible. This is how you got the New Testament. Well, the, the, the Jewish people want another scripture to walk alongside of the Tanakh or the Pentateuch, and it's called the Talmud. It walks along. That's tradition. That's the oral teaching of the rabbis. It walks alongside. It's their commentary of the Tanakh. So in Muslim, you got, you got the Quran, you got the, the Surah and the Hadith that walk alongside of it. Y'all okay? It's like everywhere. <laughs> the, the, the Jehovah Witness, they got the New World Translation, but then they got the Watchtower and the Awake. I mean... <laughs> You got the you got the Bible, then you got the uh, you got the um, uh, what I want to say here. You got the uh, uh, it's with the Mormons. You got the um, the 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 Book of Jones, but it's something else. Um, no, no, it's not the Mormons. No, it's not that. Oh my goodness, oh, it'll come back to me. But they have a, the, all these different types. Uh, it is the, what they're called the Latter-day Saints. Then they next branch off into all kinds of sex and everything else. And I told you, cult, cult always has drugs and sex involved, always. That's how you know it's a cult. All right. So, my goodness. Y you have all these things that we just, for some reason, can't really see. It's always two trees. Y'all all right? All right. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you in there. So, so we have the truth, and it's, and it's walking alongside, or should I say the tradition of men is walking alongside of it. And as I said yesterday, that this is how tradition becomes, and it walks alongside of the truth. It walks and works along the side of truth, but... Know this, tradition is designed to work with your feelings and your flesh and your emotion. Truth works along with your spirit. And truth will always lead you to the revelation of the matter of the matter of the fact of what you are actually seeking truth for. You will have one thing to have truth, but then it's have revelation of the truth. 
This is why he said in the, in the book of Revelation, at the end, it's the revelation of Jesus. It's not just the book of Revelation. The title is the revelation of Jesus. All right. This is why it bothers me when they go on the History Channel. In the History Channel, they'll quote everything that's in the book of Revelation in the end times. But they miss, watch this, the revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ before you start quoting the scriptures. Y'all okay? Hmm. My goodness. Your feelings should always line up with how God feels. Safest bet, your feelings should always line up with how God feels about it. How does God feel about adultery? How does God feel about false worship? Right? How does he feel about it? Well, we need to go to the book to find out how he feels about it. I don't need to know from you. I don't need to know from you. That's great, but I need to go to the book where it says how he feels about it. And I said this another thing. Tradition does this. It removes, watch this, how God feels. Tradition removes how God feels. Look how tradition is sneaky. It removes how God feels, replaces it with how you feel. And then you take that tradition, it's passed down generational. So this is how you got the whole body of Christ doing something that should not be doing, that we should not be doing. And we should know. Why don't we know? It's right in the same Bible that they had that I got. Why don't they do it? Okay. Let's look at something here. I got some good scripture for y'all tonight. All right. scripture for us. Don't worry. Who said teacher? Okay, yeah, I got it. You know, I, I had it, but now they act like it don't want me to find it. But y'all know I'm going to find it, right? You know I am. You know I am. Okay. Guess what? I found it. Okay. Now, I'm going to say this, and I mean this in the funniest way. <laughs> I'll say it again. You heard it before. We're still having a two-tree issue. We're having a two-tree issue. Whether it's the nine or the seven menorah or it's the Christmas tree, throw that in there. We're still having a tree, a, a tree issue. We have a tree issue in the body of Christ. Actually, in the world, we have a tree issue. Watch this. Here's another tree issue. Marriage between a man and a woman. Or marriage between who you want to marry. It's still a tree issue. But we, we have in this society, in this world, a two-tree issue still. Marriage is between a man and a woman. 
But they're saying marriage is between a man and whoever. Wow. We're still having a two-tree two issue. God created man in his image, male and female. He didn't create a male and then turn into a female and then a female and turn into a male. We're still having a two-tree issue. You could throw how the age L B G T K X Y Z. Oh, you can throw everything in there, but it's still a true a two tree issue. It's still a two tree issue. We are still having a two tree issue. My goodness. Let's see here. Hmm. The problem is. The real choice is what. Did God say? That's the issue. Or what did God? How am I say? What did God say? Versus what was suggested. It's a two-tree issue, y'all. Do I get married? Or I don't get married. Do I divorce him? Or I don't divorce. It's the, it's the two-tree issue. Everybody say choice. Mm. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. What did God say? What did God suggest? Mm-mm. God speaks from the tree of life. Truth. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. It's still, a two, a still about two trees. There's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That speaks, watch this. To your ability to receive, watch this, an idea or a plan put forth or forward for, watch this, your consideration. Hmm. Did y'all get that? God speaks from a place of truth. The tree of knowledge speaks from a place of consideration. Not instruction. God speaks from a place of instruction. He doesn't speak from a place of suggestion. Watch this. Had God said that you should be all by yourself? He said it won't good. Well, I guess this is just the way to be. Who's had God said? God said, be fruitful and multiply. Okay. God speaks from a place of truth, not suggestion. He doesn't speak from a place of considering. Okay. All right. Do y'all hear this? Man, I got to I got to speed this up. Hmm. Man of God. Genesis 3. We're going to close the tree up.
Genesis 3, 1. Who heard a suggestion today? Should I stay home? Should I run the yellow light? Come on. We heard a suggestion today. What, who was it? <laughs> okay. Y'all all right? Y'all all right? All right. Y'all ready? Man of God. This is Genesis chapter 3 at verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle and crafty than any living creature of the field which the Lord God had made. And he, Satan, said to the woman, Can it really be that God has said, You shall not eat from every tree mm. of the garden? Verse 2. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees of the garden. Except the fruit from the tree which is in the middle of the garden. God has said, you shall not touch, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, mm. lest you die. Mm. But the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. Look at the suggestion. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, mm. and you will be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil, and blessing and calamity. Verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good, suitable, pleasant for food, and that it was delightful to look at, and a tree to be desired in order to make one wise. Mm. She took of its fruit and ate. And she gave some also to her husband, and he ate. Yeah, he was right there. Verse 7. No, no, you can stop right there. You can stop right there. Look what the suggestion did. Changed the course of what she was commanded to do. There was a command. Okay, to eat from the tree of life, you would have to follow, watch this, instructions. Not suggestions. Genesis 2. Genesis 2. Don't, people are not going to get it. People are not going to get it. Genesis 2. Genesis 2, 15 and 17. To eat from the tree of life. To eat from the tree of life, you have to follow instructions. In the, in the Bible, in the first five books, it's teaching and instruction. That's what Torah means. Torah doesn't mean law. It means teaching and instruction. You got it, man of God? This is real simple. Go ahead, man of God. Genesis chapter 2 at verse 15. Mm -hmm. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and guard and keep it. Instruction. And the Lord God commanded the Ooh. man, Look saying, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden. He commanded him. He didn't ask him. 
He said, what you think? He commanded him, this is how you're going to live. There was a command. He didn't say if you felt like you wanted to eat. He said, this, I command you. Mm-mm. None. Go ahead, man of God. Verse 17. Yes. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and blessing and calamity, mm. you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. We're still in the command. Mm. See how powerful ooh, choice is? Mm. God did give instruction for both trees. He, he gave instruction for both, didn't he? Okay. He get, so you're liable now. He gave instructions for both trees. Watch this. And Satan knew this. That's how he could make his suggestion to Eve. Because both trees, watch this, speak to your will. Both trees speak to your will. Y'all all right. And listen, and I have told y'all plenty of time, the power that Satan has is that he captures the will of man. That's his. This is how he does. It. He captures the will of man. This is why we rebel. Paul filled with the Holy Ghost. Paul said, the thing that I should do, I don't do. The thing I ought to do, I find myself not doing. So who captured your will? It's, it's only two trees. You either obey or disobey. <laughs> Jesus. Just get a little clap. There you go. I've told y'all that Satan power, his power is that he captures your will. I can't stop smoking. See, you don't pray for somebody to, to take the, I'm not praying to take the taste out of their mouth. Why am I going to do that? Okay. And, they, and it's your will. Okay. How do I pray for them on that? I'm going to pray, God, that their will become your will. That's how I'm going to pray for that addiction. That your will lines up to his will. Because you're never going to stop unless, it's, unless you will. You, you. He captured the will. I can't stop doing this. I can't do this. I can't. Because your will has been captured. Y'all all right? Hmm. That's his job. He captures the will of man. This, this is how he can have adultery. Because generational, the whole church will has been captured about the truth of this tree. That's the tree. It's always two trees. Oh, watch. Y'all, I'm going to show y'all something. I'm going to show y'all something. My God. I'm. Oh, the glory to God. Watch this. Watch this. Hmm. Told y'all that. So y'all got that now. 
capture the will of man. We have to remember the garden is the end and the beginning. The garden is the beginning and the end. And it's the end and the beginning. The garden. Okay, Revelation 22. You know, God hates false worship. Okay. All right. You ready, man of God? Revelation 22, verse 1. Amplify. Revelation chapter 22 at verse 1. Then he showed me the river whose waters give life, sparkling like crystal, flowing out from the throne of God. And of the Lamb. Mm. Through the middle of the broadway of the city, also on either side of the river was the tree of life, with its 12 varieties of fruit, mm. yielding each month its fresh crop. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing and the restoration of the nations. Verse 3. Just the one. There shall no longer exist there anything that is accursed, detestable, foul, offensive, impure, hateful, or horrible. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall worship him, pay divine honors to him, and do him holy service. If you just look at that, that right there was the end of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and Satan. That was the end right there. That tree is destroyed. It's only going to be one tree in the end. Oh, my God. Okay. Since we own trees, let's find out how God feel about trees. Man of God, go to Deuteronomy. 16, 21, and 22. Maybe we can help some of our brothers and sisters. Deuteronomy chapter 16 at verse 21. You shall not plant for yourselves any kind of tree dedicated to the goddess Asherah. Mm. Beside the altar of the Lord your God, which you shall make. Verse 22. Neither shall you set up any idolatrous stone or image, which the Lord your God hates. Mm. He tells you what he hates. So if you go and look in the Bible and you'll see words like grove and high places and all is so many. You'll see it over and over again. And those are or pillars. All of those opposed. Guess what they represent? Trees. Of worship. And he said, whatever you find one of them, tear it down. I mean, he's going to have to come in the house of God and tear some trees down. That's what I'm doing. Okay, that's what I'm doing. But people don't realize it. I ain't coming for you. Go to 1 Kings. 1 Kings. 
14. 23. 1 Kings chapter 14 at verse 23. For they also built themselves idolatrous high places, pillars, and asherim, idolatrous symbols of the goddess Asherah, on every high hill and under every green tree. tree. So evergreen. So what it was the Christmas tree. See, 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 it's like right there. He tells you don't do Deuteronomy, uh, where we at? Go to Deuteronomy twelve. And Astara. That's that's where you get Ishtar or Easter worship. I'm gonna give y'all, I'm gonna break y'all the whole story. With Semiramis and Nimrod. It's in the Bible. You ready? Did I say Deuteronomy 12, 2 and 3? Deuteronomy chapter 12 at verse 2. You shall surely destroy all the places where the nations you dispossessed served their gods. Mm -hmm. Upon the high mountain. And the hills and under every green tree. Mm, mm, mm. I think God feels some kind of way about what we be doing with trees. Go ahead, man. Where we at? Three. Go ahead. Three. At verse three. You shall break down their altars and dash in pieces their pillars and burn their asherim with fire. You shall hew down the graven images of their gods. Look at that. And destroy their name out of that place. Mm, mm, mm. Exodus 34. Oh, it's a whole lot of scriptures. It's, it, we just bypass and we don't even know what they really mean. But go ahead. Exodus 34. Mm. 34, 13, 14. Exodus chapter 34 at verse 13. But you shall destroy their altars, dash in pieces their pillars, their obelisks, images, and cut down their Asherim, symbols of the goddess Asherah. So you see obelisks everywhere, don't you? Got one there right there in the center of Norfolk, don't they? They got one right there at the reflecting pool in D.C., don't they? They're all over. They're obelisks. These are... these. Do you really know what an obelisk is? An obelisk is a phallus. It's a phallus. That's what it is. I'm keeping it nice. But that's what it is. Because believe it or not, all that goes into Aster worship or Astera or Easter or, or um, Tammuz, all of this. I, I need us to really understand Ah, oh, God. Can we put the, can you put the two words together? Roman Catholic. Roman would be their influence. Catholic means church, universal. So think about it. Roman Catholic. Roman Catholic. Roman Catholic. Can, do you understand? 
Okay, see, if you did, you would understand Nimrod, Tammuz, and Semiramis. You would understand Father God, Mother God, and Son of God, Baby God, Jesus. Not Jesus. That's Sol Invictus. This is how you know that it's Roman influence. Every time that you see an image of the Madonna, every time you see an image of the Madonna with the child, you're going to see, you're going to see this, I forget the name of that thing, but you're going to see the little, little halo, the, the little thing that's going behind them, right? And the little baby, you know, like the Statue of Liberty. You see the little, the, okay, y'all going to follow me. So that, that child that you see her holding with that halo in the, in the, in the, in the uh, rays coming out, that's not Jesus. That's soul invictus. And I said it again, Roman Catholic. This is the Roman gods. This is how they. It runs alongside. But we keep thinking and they use and he told you don't have any graven images. What do you see? You're hanging around the Pope all the time. Well, all the imagery, all of the imagery is of Jesus. But we didn't. Yeah, it's not. But we think it is. I'm going to say it again. Roman Catholic. So the influence would be Roman. It would be their society. That child is not, baby, that is not Jesus. Because you, you didn't know the influence is all the halos that you see around all the saints. Because guess what that is? That's their son, God. That's how you know who it is. Okay, we're going to go in there. I'm going to take you to Ezekiel and show you even more abominations. And we're going to find out how God feels about it. See, this is the problem. There is no fear of God in the church. There There is no fear of God in the church. We got the world in the church, but there's no fear of God. Oh, this is, this is a good ministry right here. Oh, y'all in, the, y'all in the right place, hearing the right thing at the right time. Because you can't be, all I'm doing is smashing down these altars. That's all I'm doing. They're in the high places. You're smashing down with truth. God said do that. That's what it look. What does it look like? Because you're just teaching truth. Let's do something. Let's, man of God, you ready for this one? Let, uh, do me, uh, can you do like two X? Hello? You got me? Okay. Let's go to Ezekiel. Let's go to Ezekiel 8. Let's start at 8 verse 1. This is a vision that God gave Ezekiel. And he was letting him know, oh, this is so, so good. Um, I won't have time to break it all down. But I want us to get through the verses at least. Amen? Amen. All right. This is about us understanding idolatry and how God feels about this. Amen? Amen. He's serious. He, he, he didn't tell everybody to collect trees. I mean, we got churches. You look in their parking lots and over in their field, they got Christmas trees, a hundred, come and buy them from there. I'm like, do you really understand what you're seeing? I know what I'm seeing. I'm seeing tradition. And I'm seeing people are upset because if you knock on their door and tell them, 
you know, that's not God. I wouldn't do it that way. But I would love to sit down and explain to them, hey, this is what you're doing. It, it looks right. It feels you really want to worship God, but God has a specific way that you worship him. And he tells us time and time again, if you just simply listen to the commandments. We wouldn't have all this. Judgment comes to the house of God first. Okay. Oh, my goodness. How can we dedicate the temple and we're desecrating it? How can we and we don't understand what what y'all about to hear is how God removes his presence from the house of God. In these scriptures in eight, nine and ten and eleven It's powerful. You remember. You remember Jezreel and Sophia, 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 they're in the scripture. They're in the scripture. And, and they were a scribe. And, and, and oh, my goodness. And what, watch what they were. Let's read this. Let's just read this. We don't get this because we don't know the history of those two that I just said. But I'm going to hope, hopefully bring it to you. You ready, man of God? This is important to know. 2x, let's do it. Amplify. Ezekiel chapter 8 at verse 1. And then the sixth year of the captivity of King Jehoiachin, of the sixth month, and on the fifth day of the month, as I sat in my house, a captive of the Babylonians, with the elders of Judah sitting before me, the hand of the Lord God fell there upon me. Okay, now, now listen. They, when God is talking about time, he gives numbers. He gave the months. He didn't give any specific name, did he? He names the month and he names the day. Okay, just want to let you know. Go ahead, man of God. Then I beheld and lo, a likeness of a man with the appearance of fire from his waist downward. He was like fire. And from his waist upward, he had the appearance of brightness like gleaming bronze. Do y'all understand what's happening? This is, he's describing the presence of God. Y'all understand? He's describing the tangible presence of God that he feels. This is in a vision. And he put forth the form of a hand. And took me by a lock of my head. And the spirit lifted me up between the earth and the heavens. And brought me in the visions of God to Jerusalem. To the entrance of the door of the inner court. Which faces toward the north. Where was the seat of the idol image of jealousy. Mm. Which provokes to jealousy. Mm. Verse 4. Image, image is there. And behold there was the glory of the God of Israel who had loved and chosen them, like the vision I saw in the plain. Then he, the Spirit, said to me, Son of man, now lift up your eyes toward the north. So I lifted up my eyes toward the north, and behold, on the north of the altar gate was that idol, image of jealousy in the entrance. 
Furthermore, the spirit said to me, son of man, do you see what they are doing? Mm. The great abominations that the house of Israel is committing here to drive me far from my sanctuary. But you shall see again greater abominations. Mm -hmm. And he brought me to the door of the court. And when I looked, behold, there was a hole in the wall. Then he said to me, son of man, dig now in the wall. Mm. And when I had dug in the wall, behold, there was a door. And he said to me, go in and see the wicked abominations mm. that they do here. So I went in and saw their pictures of every form of creeping things and loathsome beasts and all the idols of the house of Israel mm. painted round about on the wall. And there stood before these pictures 70 men of the elders of the house of Israel. And in the midst of them stood Jeazaniah, the son of Shaphan, the scribe, with every man his censer in his hand. And a thick cloud of incense was going up in prayer to these mm. their gods. Look at that. Then said he to me, son of man, have you seen what the elders of the house of Israel do in the dark? Every man in his secret chambers of idle pictures. For they say, the Lord does not see us. The Lord has forsaken the land. Mm. He also said to me, yet again, you shall see greater abominations, which they are committing. It's just getting worse and worse. Evil always goes further. Then he brought me to the entrance of the north gate of the Lord's house, and behold, there sat women weeping for Tammuz, a Babylonian god who was supposed to die annually and subsequently be resurrected. Y'all hear that? I got a whole story on how that is going to happen, but go ahead. Then said the spirit to me, have you seen this, O son of man? Mm, mm, mm. Yet again, you shall see greater abominations that they are committing. And he brought me to the inner court Lord, of the Lord's house. And behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the bronze altar, mm. were about 25 men with their backs to the temple of the Lord and their faces toward the east. And they were bowing themselves toward the east and worshiping the sun. So what? Here we go. Then the spirit Hold said on a second. Hold on. They had to turn their backs to the altar of God, to the temple. They had to turn their backs to worship this other God. And they were worshiping the sun God. Y'all, this is some serious stuff that's going on. And what I'm trying to get you to understand is Ecclesiastes, that which was will be again. And this is what you, this is actually what you're seeing. The abomination in the house of God. Yeah. WM is too deep and too serious, but it's the truth. Go ahead, man of God. Verse 17. Then the spirit said to me, have you seen this, mm. O son of man? Is it too slight a thing to the house of Judah to commit 
the abominations which they commit here, that they must fill the land with violence and turn back afresh to provoke me to anger. And behold, they put the branch to their nose, actually before their mouths in superstitious worship. Therefore, I will deal in wrath. My eye will not spare, nor will I have pity. And though they cry in my ears with a loud voice, yet will I not hear them. So again, wouldn't you, and this is just the beginning because he hadn't, you haven't got to the judgment yet. But what God does is he slowly removes his presence from the house of God. These were the priests. These were the elders. They were in the most holy place. And having idolatry worship in the house of God, not outside. Inside. So we know that this is Old Testament. We know that this is type and shadow. Right. So. So. Wow. How. I don't think we really understand God's vengeance. I don't think we really understand God and who he is and how he feels about adult worship. Do, 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 you, do you realize? I mean, have we really stopped as the body of Christ and understood how Satan has made this, this, this season like this real small thing in the church? It doesn't really matter. It does. That's how he works. This is how you're seeing tradition. You, they thought God had left. He did because of their abominations. Because of the idolatry worship. So God is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. So we just choose not to read his word in these areas. The wages of sin... Is death. He, he loved his people. Moses, but he called them your people now because they're disobedient. They're your people. He changed the pronoun. They're yours. I want us to be his. I want us to be his. For real. So imagine, I'm just trying to get you and people who online who may not understand or, or really don't think that there's nothing wrong with it, but that's the whole key is to make that you think that it's not. I just told you how we have seen the Roman influence in the body of Christ, and they got baby Jesus, the whole Catholic thing, and that's not who that is. That's Soul Invictus. And without me telling you the rest of the story, I don't have the night, but I will give you the rest of the story, how that happened and why Tammuz is in your Bible. Or why the goddess of heaven is in your Bible. Who is that? That's Semiramis. That's Astra. Ishtar. When you see Easter, there, that is a fertility drug of goddess. And we don't understand that. Valentine, that's all about fertility. But the church is doing, why can't we, why can't the church wake up? Wake up. Because we don't know God. 
We don't know what he loves and we don't know what he hates. Even though it's right there for us to read. This is not wasting your time. This is very important. I told you the Christmas tree is just a perversion of the tree of life. But it's nothing. We think it's just nothing. But the whole Bible is so many scriptures and verses about the trees, the groves. It's so many scriptures. I could just uh, at least 30. And every time God is telling you to tear them down, don't use that to worship me. Well, I was just saying that God is gracious to this body of Christ. How, how you once heard this and then you turn back to that tree. How you do that? <clears throat> how you do that? I'm not coming against. I need to say it again. I'm not coming against Jesus, people. And when you tell people you don't celebrate Christmas, you're not coming against Jesus. You are a Christian. You do love him. I'm just not participating in. What's the word? Um, no, no. For Christmas, it is Saturnalia. I'm not participating in Saturnalia. That's it. That's what it really is if you really do your research. But nobody want to hear that. Don't come for my Jesus because tradition now is in your feelings. That's how you're worshiping God. That's how you see him. You can't see him that he hates this. Because your tradition is what leading you and not the truth. I'm done for the night. <laughs> well, I do really want us to understand something. <sighs> Idolatry is a terrible sin against God. Amen. A horrendous sin. That Watch this. That calls forth God's severest judgment. Idolatry. Although we may not bow down, watch this, before images or idols today, some do. Every time you bend down to that tree and put that plant, that gift down there, that's what you're doing. Mm -mm. Many of us are still worshiping idols and false gods. An idol is any person, place, or thing that we put before God and the worship of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Think how many people put other things first. You know, things such as recreation, boyfriend, girlfriends, family, positions, money, wealth, land, property, business, jobs. We put all those things before God. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids, children, we, we erect these things in our lives. They become idols. Now, watch this. And nobody didn't say you didn't, couldn't care for your kids. Ain't nobody. That's not what he's saying. But people, watch this. But people will hear that. Pastor said, wait a minute. That ain't what I said. I love my job. That ain't what I said. What I said is that you put them before God. 
So anything on the earth that you put before God, before the worship of God, can become, watch this, an idol. It can become an idol. So with this Hanukkah, I'm really trying to get us to understand <laughs> these images that we use, these images that the body of Christ, it's sad. Just look. Just, just look at the body in this condition that they're in. It's bad. But watch. They can't see it. And they get mad if you say something. Watch this. In love. Please ask me. Come on, teacher. I feel like I feel like uh, David when he went into the temple and he was hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and he went and got that. He ate from the table. He's okay. I'm sorry. He sure did, man. I'm hungry. Glory to God. Laughter. I'm sorry. Is as medicine, amen? amen. You should really practice to laugh more. Amen. And most of the time, when we're not laughing, it's because, and when we laugh, it comes from a place of joy. We're not just laughing because we're on TikTok. Okay, I'm coming. But there was a really great TikTok today. <laughs> Shakira, I love, love how you are sharing and spreading the gospel and how you are learning. Um, we're at a, a time and at an age to where we need to be aggressive in sharing the gospel. Pastor, actually, Holy Spirit came to me today, and this is this is just to give our ministers, because we're all the ministers, but especially those who have been approved and licensed. It's that being approved and licensed, you've made a statement, a strong statement of a position of example as a minister of the gospel, that you would be compelled to go out in the hedges and highways and compel those to come in. You've been charged. So the question is, as a, and as ministers, because it's the whole body of Christ, have you been ministering in these last and evil days. Last and evil days. We spend a lot of time with issues, and we are not supposed to have issues. But those are saved and set free and delivered because that's in salvation. Deliverance is in Jesus. Salvation. Amen? Amen. That if we could but go out and minister to the lost and perfect believers because we are the example of being delivered and set free, that we are no longer under bondage. We're no longer 
a slave to sin. Amen. Hallelujah came from a great place. I'm telling you, we are commanded. So from the last teaching, Pastor taught last night and still yet today, but from the very beginning, the question is why? The question is what have you been hearing the whole time? Is it about Christmas? Is it really about the Christmas tree? Is it about Hanukkah? Because we, we say, yeah, got it, yes, I understand. From all the days of the teaching, he gave me two words as the purpose, Dijon, about why of this great unveiling of Christ during this Hanukkah. It's what we have missed on our journey as believers. And we have lost the fear and reverence of the very beginning of what we said we agreed to, that we would obey him, his commandments. His commandments. This teaching is simply about two words, commandment and response. Not about specifically tree, but it is. It's about his commandments and our response to his commandment. Okay? So get out of your head Christmas, because you keep, this is what you're hearing. Christmas. What we're not hearing is. His commandments and our response or our lack of response to what he has commanded. Two words. So I asked him what his commandments. His order, his instruction, his precept. In the beginning, he commands. The firmament be separated. The sea. He, he gave order. He read at the time chaos. Because where there's no order, there's chaos. And this is what he did with you. So he didn't have to speak it again. So when he made us in his image, he said order. He commanded order. This, again, is why we should be the most sober-minded people. Because this means if there's order, there's no chaos. While we're not excited, it's because we don't know and also commandment is an expression of the will of God. 
Commandment is the expression of the will of God. And when he created you and you accept him as your Lord and Savior, he said, now I command you, give you instruction. These are my sayings. And we are to respond to his sayings. But because we don't respond to his saying, we experience the opposite of the promises of God. When he delivered you, you're freed. When he said order, when he said order, when he created you, he separated, he provided the same access and opportunity for you to be separated from darkness. He set you apart. See? Y'all don't hear me. He set you apart. He set you apart from being subjected to darkness. He set you apart. It's only difficult because we don't respond to the expression of the will of God, his sayings. These trees, so I'm asking, Lord God, what, what, what's up with the tree? What is a tree? Now, wait a minute. Pastor, a, a natural tree, a tree, not a human, but a tree somehow, when it was created, had in it, when God created it, to know its surroundings. I'm going to stay behind the, the desk here because that's what I was told. <laughs> the natural tree can sense it has no brain. Wait, it has no brain. And it can sense it's surrounding, look, what, whether what it is surrounded by, whether it's going to grow or die. Be oh, see, because of the climate, because of what is planted by, what surrounds it, what surrounds your life, who surrounds your life. Because guess what? Your surrounding is going to determine your growth. Why is the tree... Why is the tree, why is he using tree? Because it's about life. Tree has the branch formation. It has a formation. Look, the tree even knows without the brain how to respond to light. It's going to form itself towards light.
The tree know what stresses it. The tree has no brain. Okay. It knows where it's planted, whether it's going to get the nutrients or not. And it's aware of its external forces. The wind. The, okay. Hmm. Trees have their own personalities. Look, some can tolerate change. Others can't. And others have to be in a safe environment to bloom. This is how, even in comparison with a human, the personality of a tree, you see God in everything. Well, you, you could. You should. Pastor, I got to just quickly go here. Oh, my Lord. Wow. About, I had a question. Tree of life and a tree of knowledge and good and evil. Can we go there real quick? Genesis, I believe, three, is it 3 7? Ah, until you know Satan, you're failing. Until you know him. If the word of God says he's an evil genius ruler, what are we doing to ensure that we stay ahead of him? Let's go there. Mm. You can read, man of God. This is Genesis chapter 3 at verse 6. Mm. And when the woman saw that the tree was good, suitable, pleasant for food, and that it was delightful to look at, and a tree to be desired in order to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she gave some also to her husband, and he ate. Go ahead to seven, please. Verse seven. <laughs> then the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron-like girdles. So what was wrong when now their eyes were open? I'm just going to end it here. Satan said, the one who suggests that we're not quite aware that he's suggesting it, and we think what we thought was a good idea. <laughs> Say good. We thought it was a good idea. What? Because the woman couldn't perceive what Satan was really saying. 
And then the man followed because he loved the wife. This tree, he said, for one, you won't surely die. But he also said, your eyes will be open. And you'd be, you'd be like God. Do we know what happened? What's wrong with the knowledge, having knowledge? And then knowing what is good and evil. We would think that is a good thing. So this is what happened. Make a long story short. They already knew what was good. They didn't know what was evil. And when their eyes opened, what did that mean? When their eyes open, it's their natural eyes, and this is putting us under bondage, under sin. Being now led by what you see and not what you know. So we are, look, this is, so their eyes were open naturally. Seeing, not the way that God intended for them to see. They were seeing spiritually. And when, uh, this is why now they're putting their self and us, this is why you struggle now. It's been, why did God say now, those who are born again, we the just don't live by sight. But their sight was open to them. We live by faith. Our sight causes us, didn't that's why he said, you know, protect your eye gate, ear gate. Now, because these are the things that drives Look, and feeds the hunger of sin. Do you hear me? This is the struggle. This is the struggle. This is not how God intended for us to live. He said, I've already given you everything you need pertaining to life and godliness. You cannot live by your sight. You have to live by what you know. They already, so what, look, what they knew, they didn't know anymore. I'll do a teaching on it some other time. I'm telling you, this is what this is about. 
if they had stuck with the command and order, and that order was spoken before they were even forming created, when he, he spoke to the entire universe to separate darkness and day and the ferment and water, he was bringing order out of chaos. And he spoke that, and that was forever to be, including when he created you, because you came from the earth. Why are you a particular, look, peculiar person? Because he set you apart from darkness. And this is the thing that we put ourselves back under the slavery of sin again because of our sight and not, look, obeying the instruction and the command and order and precept and the expression of God's will. This is not about the tree, but it's about the tree. It's about what he commands and your response. Amen. Glory to God. Harold, can you come on up and light the candles for us tonight? My God. My goodness. <laughs> That's what it is. It's the revealing. Do y'all get it? It's the revealing. This is what this is. It's, it is the revealing. Glory to God. Gaze upon that revelation. <laughs> there it is. Thank you, Harold. Communion sacraments are up here if you want to take after the service. And if people are taking the uh, sacraments, kind of let them have their moment. This is the revealing. This is what it is. This is what God wants to do with us this year. Like I said, you have to know him. If you don't know him, you won't know what he loves, and you won't know what he hates. Mm -mm. But you have to know him. By revelation, he has to be revealed. Most of us just know him by the letter. But we need to know him by the spirit. If you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, ask him to fill you tonight. And he will. He will fill you. He will fill you. You ain't got to shake him. All that that you see. Mm -mm. Got to be careful with that. That could be the Kundalini. But you want him in your heart. And if he's in there, there will be signs. There will be evidence. And you will have results. 
as we gaze upon the only light that was in the temple. The only light that was in the temple. Tomorrow we're going to go, we're going to do the story of the Maccabees, the dramatic reading from Minister Al back there. And um, so get, get here on time. We can get it over because uh, it's maybe a two or three new spots I might want to show it here. So um, I want to thank you all for dedication and um, coming out. To me, it's just my reasonable duty, the Bible says. Holy and acceptable. It's a little thing. That's all. It's just a little thing. Take a moment. Just look within that heart. This is about dedication. I didn't get it right, but I can get it right now. I can set myself apart, kadosh, for God's work, for his purposes. Y'all are dismissed. Shabbat Shalom. I'll see y'all tomorrow, day eight. You know what?